Welcome to the College Park Church of Christ Sermon Series Podcast. This sermon was recorded at the College Park Church of Christ in the Conroe Porter area. Join us for worship on Sundays at 10.30 a.m. and Wednesday at 7 p.m. Thanks for studying the Word of God with us. Well, good morning. I want to welcome everybody. It's certainly good to be here and to have the chance to come together and to worship. And I'm excited to be able to talk with you a little bit about God's Word. And this morning, as you can see, we're going to be talking about Christ the Head as we continue our series of eight weeks to a better body. And you know, the human body is an amazing, complex organism, machine. It's incredible all the different systems and the different functions that the human body has. And a few just amazing things I found are there are thousands of chemical reactions occurring all at one time. Their bone cells constantly regenerate. And in 10 years, you'll actually have an entirely new skeletal system, which is pretty amazing to me. But there are over 60,000 miles of blood vessels, 46 miles of nerves, and 2 million working parts in the eye alone. It's incredible all the things that the body does and all the different processes working together all at the same time and the healing the different systems. And you know what makes it all work? What makes those processes function and what makes our bodies be able to do the amazing things that it does is the head. The head controls all of those things. The head coordinates our bodily functions. It interprets our sensory input. We actually have millions of images enter our eyes and our brain processes those things. And it processes those into thoughts. It processes our emotions and our feelings. It allows us to learn. It allows us to communicate. And we know we communicate in a lot of different ways, not just verbally, but there's lots of communication. Our brain coordinates all those things. It controls our movement. Some of us Maybe better than others. I know I'm not always as coordinated as I'd like to be, but our brain controls that movement. And it's essential to all the processes, all the different things happening, our brain controls. So, of course, the brain is very important. The head is very important. We need to protect that, and we hear a lot about that in the world. We hear a lot about um, protecting the head, and in sports lately, the last 10 or 15 years, there's been a lot about concussion protocols because it's so important to protect that head and to protect that brain. And they call a concussion just a mild brain injury, But that's just because it's not life-threatening. Even a small or mild brain injury can affect our thinking. It can affect our memory. It can affect our ability to learn. It can affect our coordination and our balance. It can affect our speech and our hearing and our vision. And it can affect our emotions, essentially everything. As I said, our brain controls all of those processes. So our head, they always want to protect that. They want to keep that safe. Essentially, Our head makes us who we are. It defines us. It controls our personality and so many things that we associate with ourselves. You know what? The church is a body as well. And we're going to have a little bit of a lengthy reading here. And we're probably kind of familiar with this reading, but I want to read through it because I just want us to read it and think about all the different things involved with the body as the church. Because sometimes we think, yeah, we're the body. But there's a lot to it. Paul here was writing about all the many different gifts involved in the body of the church. In 1 Corinthians 12, beginning in verse 14, he says, For the body is not one member, but many. If the foot shall say, Because I am not the hand, I am not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? And if the ear shall say, Because I am not the eye, I am not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? But, how, but now hath God set the members, every one of them in the body, as it hath pleased him. If they were all one member, where were the body? 
but now are they many members yet but one body? So there's so many different facets and so many different people involved in the body. And the eye cannot say unto the hand, I have no need of thee, nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. Nay, much more those members of the body which seem to be more feeble are necessary. And those members of the body which we think to be less honorable, upon these we bestow more abundant honor. And our uncomely parts have more abundant comeliness. For our comely parts have no need, but God hath tempered the body together, having given more abundant honor to that part which lacked. That there should be no schism in the body, but that the members should have the same care one for another. And whether one member suffer, all the members suffer with it. Or one member be honored, all the members rejoice with it. There's a lot of things involved in our body. There's a lot of personalities. There's a lot of moving parts. We need to support each other. We need to build each other up. We need to be working together at all times to have the same vision. When one member suffers, we need to suffer together. If one member is honored, we need to honor together. So when we start to think about it, it's a lot of different things. A lot of different things involved in our body. A lot of personalities working together. And the thing is, we have a head as well that controls all those different functions and all those different moving parts and all those different personalities and elements. Our head's a little different, though. Our head is Christ. Jesus Christ, the head of the body, the church. Colossians 1, verse 16 says, For by him were all things created that are in the heaven and that are in earth, visible and invisible, whether it be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers. All things were created by him, and for him. And he is before all things, and by him all things consist, and he is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he might have preeminence. So it tells us right here, he's before all things, he's after all things, he creates all things, and he is the head of the body, the church. So we need to keep that in mind. We need to remember that every decision we make as a congregation needs to have Christ at the center of it. We need to follow that lead, because as we talked about, the head defines the personality. 1 Corinthians 12, 27, talking about us being that body controlled by the head, says now ye are the body of Christ. And members in particular, we are that body of Christ. 1 Corinthians 12 and 12 says, for as the body is one and hath many members, and all the members of that one body being many are one body. So also is Christ. We are that body working together, and Christ is that head. Now ye are the body of Christ and members in particular. We are that body. He is that head. In everything, hopefully in our congregation, hopefully in our families, hopefully in our individual lives as well. We need to make sure that is the direction that we head. That is the vision we follow. Christ as the head of the church because he is indefinitely. So talking about the head earlier, what our physical head controls in our body, some of those things were our thinking, our memory, our learning, our coordination and balance, our speech, hearing, vision, and emotions. Those are things that the head has to be functioning properly to be able to control properly in our body so that we're able to be able, be able to be up and about our lives, doing the things that we need to do. Well, Christ as our head of the church is not that different. Our thinking needs to be focused on Christ, on God's word, on that direction. Our memory needs to be focused on memorizing scripture, learning those kinds of things. Our learning needs to be learning scripture, learning how to worship, learning how to work together, learning how to keep focused on God's word. The head's what coordinates all the different pieces of the body working together. It coordinates our balance. We talked about balance just the other day within the church. The head helps coordinate those things. Having that vision of Jesus Christ as the head, of his word in his direction. Our speech, the things that we're saying need to be godly things. Talking about God's word, talking about God's will. The things we're putting into our hearing, that we're putting into our brains, ought to be godly things. Ought to be proper things. Our vision, we ought to be looking on the spiritual and not the physical. And those are the things we're doing if we're focused on Christ. And our emotions, Christ tells us again and again, we're to be kind, we're to be gentle, we're to be patient, we're to be loving, we're to be helpful. 
All those things, Christ, if he is the head of our church, if he is the head of our lives, if he is the head of our families, should feed in those things, should be following that vision, should be following that direction. Because we talked about how the head defines who we are and our personality. Well, you know what? The head of the church defines the church because we're supposed to be following that individual and that example and that vision and that lead. So ours better be Jesus Christ in all things and in everything, in our leadership, in our members, in our sermons, and everything that we do, our vision needs to follow Christ as the head, as the Bible defines him so clearly as we're going to see throughout. Ephesians 1, beginning in verse 21, says, Far above all principality and power and might and dominion in every name that is named, not only in his word, but also in that which is to come. And hath put all things under his feet and gave him to be the head over all things to the church, which is his body. The fullness of him that filleth all in all. So Christ, the Bible tells us, is the head of the church. But what gives him that authority? How does he have that authority? How do we make sure that he is the head of the church? Well, it tells us right here that God designed the church with Christ as the head. And we saw that. It says, and hath put all things under his feet and gave to him to be head over all things the church. That's God, the creator of all things, the ultimate authority. He designed the church with Christ as the head, and he put Christ in those situations. He gave him that authority to be the head of the church. Ephesians 1, verse 17 says, That the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him, which we wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand in heavenly places. God has put him there. There is no other authority that the church needs to recognize but Christ, because God Creator of all things, designed the church with Christ as the head. Also, Christ redeemed us with his blood, didn't he? First Peter 1, beginning verse 18. For as much as ye know that ye were not redeemed with corruptible things, as silver and gold from your vain conversation received by tradition from your fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ, as of a lamb without blemish and without spot. He's that perfect sacrifice to redeem us. Titus 2, verse 14. Who gave himself for us, that he might redeem us from all iniquity, and purifying to himself a peculiar people, zealous of good work. He redeemed us from iniquity with his blood. And Christ bought the church with his blood. Acts 20 28. Take heed therefore unto yourselves and all the flock over which the Holy Ghost made you overseers to feed the church of God, which he hath purchased with his own blood. Why does Christ have authority to be the head of the church? Because he paid for the church with his life. He bought the church with his own blood. That gives him the right to be the head of the church. Hebrews 12, verse 2 says, Looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. He is the author and the finisher of our faith. He is the ultimate authority. There's no reason to ever look anywhere else, even though so much of the world does look other places and seek other things. Speaking of that, so what of other things do people look for? Sometimes we consider the government. The government challenges the authority of the church because they would love to be the head of the church. They say they want it separated, but really what they would love to control. They would love to tell us when we could worship, how we could worship, who could worship together. But the Bible talks about that. The government is just made up of people, people who are driven by power. The government changes every day. People change every day. That's not the head of the church. Matthew 22 and 21, if you remember this situation, Christ is there and the Pharisees say, Master, we know you're a man of God. We know you teach God's word. We know you're not a respecter of persons. 
And they had that penny, you know, and they talk about whose face is on it. And he says, they say unto him, Caesar's. Then saith he unto them, render therefore unto Caesar the things which are Caesar's, and unto God the things that are God's. When they heard these words, they marveled and left him and went their way. He's saying, yeah, give the government what is the government's, but never give the government what is God's, and that is the authority of the church. They don't have control over that. Christ does. It's Christ's church. He has the ultimate authority, not the government. Christ has dominion over all things, and the Bible tells us that multiple times. It talks about that with governments. Colossians 1.16, For by him were all things created that are in heaven and that are on earth, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers. All things were created by him and for him. Christ has dominion over all things. John 19, verse 9, It went again into the judgment. Remember, this is when Christ is talking before Pilate. And saith unto Jesus, Whence art thou? But Jesus gave him no answer. Then saith Pilate unto him, Speakest thou not unto me? Knowest thou not that I have power to crucify thee and have power to release thee? Jesus answered, Thou couldest have no power at all against me, except it were given thee from above. Therefore he that delivered me unto thee hath the greater sin. Saying you wouldn't have any power at all if you weren't allowed to be in power. Because Christ, because God has dominion over all things. And he is the head of the church, not the government. What about man? That man is the head of the church. We know some pretty good men. What about our elders? Are they the head of the church? We have good elders here, loving elders, hardworking elders dedicated to this church. But they would tell you, don't follow us if we're not following Christ as the head of the church. And they would tell you, don't follow us. Make sure Christ comes first. He is the head. And, of course, our elders work under that authority given to them by God. But Acts 20 28 says, Take heed therefore unto yourselves and to all the flock over which the Holy Ghost hath made you overseers to feed the church of God, which he hath purchased with his own blood. So we look at the power given to the elders. It says, Over the which the Holy Ghost hath made you overseers to feed the church of God, which he hath purchased with his own blood. They're given power by the Holy Ghost to feed the church which Christ purchased with his blood. They have a small role in the church which belongs to Christ. And that goal is to teach, to shepherd, to guide, to rebuke within the confines of the word of God, within the confines of the structure that Christ has created as the head of the church. The elders are not the head of the church. And they'll tell you that, and they know that. And that's better be the direction any congregation goes. What about man? Because our congregation and the church the world over is kind of under attack. The authorities under attack because people don't believe in God. People don't want God to exist. They don't want the church to be controlled by God. They also challenge the idea of men in leadership positions only. That's counter to our common culture today. That is old-fashioned. The same thing with the husband over the wife. That's old-fashioned. People challenge that authority. They challenge that structure. But the Bible clearly tells us, Ephesians 5, 23, for the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church. And he is the savior of the body. Therefore, as the church is subject unto Christ, so let the wives be to their own husbands and everything. The church is subject unto Christ. And also, if we get rid or don't recognize the husband's authority over the wife, then we're not recognizing Christ's authority over the church because that is the structural that he has created. Man is not the head of the church. What about no one as the head of the church? This is really what people want nowadays. People want to be able to do whatever they want. The thing is, everybody wants a savior. Everybody wants to be washed clean. Everybody wants to be made free to then go out and do whatever they want. Everybody wants a savior. But nobody wants a Lord. 
Nobody wants someone that's going to tell them what to do and give them the direction that they must go. They want to be able to do whatever they want. They want to be able to do their own thing. They want to have their own personal relationship with Jesus and work out their own salvation. That's what man would like, for no one to be the head, but just for them to be able to go out and do their own thing. But that's not what the Bible teaches us. Acts 5 and 29 says, Then Peter and the other apostles answered and said, We ought to obey God rather than men. The God of our Father raised up Jesus, whom he slew and hanged on a tree. Him hath God exalted with his right hand to be a prince and a savior, for to give repentance to Israel and forgiveness of sins. We only receive forgiveness through Christ. He is the prince. He is the savior, and we need to listen to God rather than men. So some of that like the idea that no one is the head of the church. That's not true. Christ is the head of the church, the ultimate authority. Think about the children of Israel. They kind of tried again and again to go it without having a head, without having a direction, without looking towards God for their direction, without looking towards God's word. They wanted to do their own thing. They turned away a lot of times until a judge would come back and say, hey, oh, remember this, let's get out God's word, let's talk about it. And they went through this cycle over and over and over, I think at least seven times if you go through and look in the Old Testament, where they would serve the Lord, and then usually a judge would die, something like that would happen, and they would fall into sin, they would fall into idolatry, they would be enslaved, and people would come in, and their culture would get disrupted, and then they would cry out to the Lord, and God would raise up a judge to come and help them, and then Israel would be delivered. And they went through that again and again because they wanted to do their own thing. They did not recognize God as their head in everything that they did, always, and every day of their life. Judges 21, 25 says, And in those days there was no king in Israel. Every man did that which was right in his own heart, his own, his own eyes. One of the mistakes here to me is when they say there is no king in Israel. That was a mistake because there was a king in Israel and it was God. We've got to make sure we don't make that mistake today thinking that we don't have a king because we do have a king and that king is Christ. We are in that kingdom and he has authority and he has authority over us. We can't do what we think is right in our own eyes. We have to follow our head, which is Jesus Christ. Remember, they wanted kings like everyone else. They wanted to be like the rest of the world. They wanted to disregard God's direction as the head, what he wanted them to do, and they wanted a king. They were tired of the judges. They wanted to be like the world. And 1 Samuel 8 says, Then all the elders of Israel gathered themselves together and came to Samuel and to Ramon and said unto him, Behold, thou art old, my sons walk not in thy ways. Now make us a king to judge us like all the nations. So we have these men. They came together. They were unhappy with something going on. And they did not get together and pray to God. They didn't get not together, didn't get together and, and study his word. They didn't get together and go to the prophet and ask for his advice. They went and made demands for what they wanted, disregarding God as the head. And the Lord said unto Samuel, hearken unto the voice of the people and all that they say unto thee, for they have not rejected thee, but they have rejected me, that I should not reign over them. This is a perfect example of the attitude God has when we do not put Christ as our king. We do not recognize that authority he rejected them, and he rejects us. We have to make sure Christ is the head of our church, and he is the head of our lives, and he is the head of our families. Have you ever been part of an organization that does not have a clear head, does not have good direction? They end up with poor leadership, poor direction. Members have no vision. They're not sure what to do or where to go. This is a small example that's sort of similar, but last year I had a group of student leaders for my school organization. They were good kids. And every Thursday they would get together and they would meet to plan out our big Tuesday meeting. And they met during the day in the middle of what we call advisory. So I'd be helping other kids make up tests and do things. And then and so I'd kind of let them do it on their own. Every now and then I'd peek in in the other room and they'd be kind of goofing off. And I'd go in there, hey, do something productive, get back to work. And I'd leave. And they weren't very good. 
But after a while, I realized they didn't really have any direction. They didn't really have a head. After doing it year after year, I forget sometimes the new kids don't know what the kids before them knew. So I had to go in there, and I realized I need to help them. I need to be their head. I need to give them direction. So I made them an agenda. I gave them things I wanted them to accomplish. I gave them specific jobs. Gave them that. And then you know what? All of a sudden, they had a head. They had direction. They had guidance. They were way more productive. We don't have that problem because we have a vision. We have a head. We have a mission. Save souls. Teach God's word. Bring people to Christ. Because Christ is our head, and it's a very clear mission. We don't have to worry about that question, about not having a clear head for our organization. And if you're not sure who the head is, then that's a problem. We need to know that Christ is our head. Matthew 16, verse 7, he says, And Jesus answered and said unto them, Blessed art thou, Simon Marjona, for flesh and blood hath not revealed it unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven. And I say also unto thee, Thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. It's Christ's church. He built it. He paid for it with his blood. He is the head. And remember when Jesus was teaching in the synagogue and he had taught some kind of hard things and a lot of his disciples, they walked away. And they said, I'm not sure about this. And then Jesus said, are you guys going to walk away too? And then Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? Thou hast the words of eternal life. Where else are we going to go? The only access to God, the only access to heaven, the words of eternal life are Christ. He needs to be your head and he is the head of the church. Colossians 1, 16 through 18. For by him were all things created that are in heaven and that are in earth, visible and invisible, whether it be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers. All things were created by him and for him. And he is before all things, and by all things consist. He is the head of the body of the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he might have preeminence. He is before, he is after, he is the creator. He is before all things. All things were created by him. He is over all things. He is the head of the body the church no question God put him there he paid for the church with his blood he is the authority on that not man not the elders not the government he should be the head in your life he should be the head in your home and he should certainly be the head in your congregation and in your church Jesus is in charge he has the final say he has the final authority who's in charge I hope you know that answer right now, that it is Jesus. In Colossians 2, 8 and 10, Beware lest any man spoil you through vain philosophy and vain deceit after the tradition of men, after the rudiments of the world, and not after Christ. For in him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily, and ye are complete in him, which is the head of all principality and power. We're complete in God. We're complete in Christ. We are his body. He is our head. So ultimately... One last thing as we think about this. Why should Jesus be your head? Because Philippians 2 and 9 says, Wherefore God also hath highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow of things in heaven and things in earth and things under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Christ better be your head. He better be the head of your church, your life, your family, because one day every knee will bow to him. One day we will face judgment for the things that we have done before Christ. So he better be your head. If you're here this morning and you haven't confessed that Jesus Christ is the Lord, then he is not your head. But you can write that today. You can confess that he is your Lord. You can be baptized. You can begin your Christian walk. Or if you're here this morning and maybe you haven't had Christ as your head, you haven't been following that direction like you should. Maybe you haven't let him be the head in your family and the head in your life. 
and you want to write that, you can do that today with prayers from the church. Or if you're here and you just need our prayers for any reason, anything on your heart or your mind, we want to support each other, we want to build each other up, we want to pray for each other. If any of these things apply to you, come forward, have a seat in the first row as we stand singing the song that's been selected. Thanks for joining our sermon series podcast today. For more, check us out on YouTube or come worship with us on Sunday mornings and Wednesday evenings.